Hello, friend and colleague. It's Nikki from Full Voice Music. Our show today, episode 165, all about organizing our resources. And my special guest is Heidi Heaver. Heidi is not only a Full Voice team member, but she is a retired elementary level school teacher. If anybody knows about communicating with parents and getting resources to families, it's my good friend Heidi. And you are in the right place for some amazing teacher takeaways right here on the season finale of the Full Voice Podcast. Hello, thank you, thank you, thank you, and welcome, my friend and colleague, wherever you are. I hope you are enjoying your day. It is middle of June right now at time of a release of this podcast. It has been a beautiful spring so far. My garden is beautiful. My peonies have just bloomed and uh, the forest is lush. And if you're new to the podcast, my name is Nikki Loney. I am uh, uh, speaking to you from Hemford Forest, Nova Scotia. And my topic today is a fabulous one and one that I have wanted to actually do uh, and share with people for a while, but I needed the right guest. I needed the expert of all experts. And I'm very excited to introduce everybody to my dearest friend, my most dedicated voice student and member of the Full Voice team, Heidi Heaver. Now, before I bring her on to the show, I have just a few quick announcements. First of all, we have a new Instagram channel. It is at Songs and Studies for Kids. This is where we are going to be sharing all the exciting new music that Full Voice Music is releasing this year. So if you would like to be in the know and if you might like to win a copy of our new release, Songs and Studies for Kids Introductory A, I want you to go right now to Instagram, find Songs and Studies for Kids, follow us, and just say hi. Let us know you're there. Uh, we're going to be giving away, I originally said 25, but I think I'm going to give away 40, 40 new songbooks. So please make sure to go at Songs and Studies for Kids on Instagram and follow that account and we will keep you updated of the new releases and of your opportunity to win a new book. I also want to mention that I am so excited. We are wrapping up this season because we are getting ready to go to Chicago. Friends, the 2022 National Association of Teachers of Singing Convention in Chicago is going to be fantastic. It The lineup of presenters and topics and concerts is just unbelievable. It is not too late to register. And if traveling or getting to Chicago is not in the cards for you, you can actually register online and you will have access to all of the presentations for, I do believe, six months. What an amazing way to continue your professional development. And friends, I love 
professional development in my pajamas. There's nothing I love more than getting cozy with a cup of tea and watching a, an online course. I love online courses. So helpful. Um, anyhow, I do want to thank you, uh, listener, for tuning in. And if you haven't checked out our season, uh, the past season, season six, oh my gosh, it has been incredible. I have had such incredible conversations. And I just wanted, I just wanted to share something. There are days, friends, when I feel a little overwhelmed. There's just so much change and so many things we have to consider now when we are opening our doors and running a business where we are working with people, whether it's one-on-one or in a group. There's just so many things we need to think about. And it can be overwhelming, especially if you, um, like me, you know, went to school like a few decades ago or more than a few decades ago. So many things have changed and it can feel feel a little overwhelming. But I hope that you have the courage to dive into whether it's an online course, whether it's going to the Nats convention, whether online or in person, whether it's checking out some of our guests um, and going and finding them and following them. Um, I cannot tell you how uh, amazed I am and grateful to the amazing people that have been on this podcast. And our topics the past year have been incredible. Everything from business to pedagogy to mindfulness to organizational skills, our social media and websites, we've had so much on the show. And to any of my previous guests who might be listening, I do want to thank you for your time and your talent. Now, without further ado, I would be delighted to introduce everyone to my good friend, full voice teammate, Heidi Heaver. Welcome, welcome to the Full Voice Podcast, my friend, my assistant, my singing student for many, many, many years, Heidi Heaver. How are you? I am awesome. So happy to be here in person. I know. So we flew Heidi out to Nova Scotia for a visit and uh, we've gone shopping and we've eaten out a lot and... uh, (laughs) driven around the uh, the province a bit. Um, but uh, I didn't tell Heidi this, but when she got here, I said, oh, by the way, we're going to do a podcast <laughs> together. And she's like, no, we're not. <laughs> but um, I've actually wanted to do, uh, I've, I've wanted to have you on the podcast for um, quite some time. There's a couple of topics that came up and I was like, you know, I re- really should ask Heidi about this. So I want to give everybody a background. So um, you have extensive experience as an elementary classroom teacher. So give us a little bit of a background there. I do. I spent over 30 years teaching in elementary grades five and six mostly. Uh, and I... Um, taught piano privately for a number of years before that. So, yeah, I've I've had one or two little challenges in my <laughs> lifetime and a few organizational uh, skills to go with. Well, one of the things that uh, uh, I know that you have a superpower 
in was organizing like the the concerts at your school like getting you know that was that was kind of like your superpower you had everybody in the right place at the right time and you know made your concerts flow um and that was going to be our first topic but today i actually have something quite important and we started talking about this at breakfast and i was like you know what this is a brilliant topic and we're going to do it on the podcast Uh, The topic I want to talk about today is organizing and sharing our digital resources. I think it would be helpful for my colleagues, like private teachers, to understand that this is a challenge that is not just unique to private teachers. So as a classroom teacher... You And I'm not even talking about pandemic times here. But as a classroom teacher, you not only had to get assignments and papers and all of that stuff to students, but you also had to communicate with parents. And it. I imagine that you had some challenges there. Right. Well, I'm in an interesting position where I saw a real transition in that over my career. When I started teaching, computers weren't really anything in the classroom. I remember being so excited to get a Mac Classic. And I remember spending a whole day at a workshop with uh, a colleague learning how to make a little juggler juggle three balls in Hyper Studio. And that was a full day's work. (laughs) To the other end where, I mean, pandemic, we've gone to full online everything. So there was a lot of learning curve that had to go on. Uh, but I, you know, I think I, I managed to keep up with it pretty well and a lot of it's trial and error and it's important to understand what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for somebody else, but find all the different possibilities and then go with what works for you. Yeah, no, I, I would, I'm glad you brought that up because there are so many different tools, different platforms, different ways of sharing. And I want to just let our listeners know the reason that this came up is because of our recent um, change in our website. So we have a new website and and now um, teachers, it, and I just want to put this out, our website's really been designed for teachers. So if you're a teacher that likes to send parents searching for things, that's probably not going to work out for the parent or for you as the teacher. So this is what why we have this we started this conversation. Um, so sharing files, and I've had this trouble, like I've struggled big time. Some of my students, some of my families are tech savvy, right? My little Esther has her own email account and she has her own iPad and she accesses her emails and I can send her every single file. Now that is a unique situation. Um, You know, not every parent wants their kids to have their own email, right? Not every kid, not every parent wants their kids on YouTube. That's another challenge, right? So if you're a teacher that would like to share a YouTube link and you've got parents that don't, A, want their kids on YouTube or using the device as that type of outlet, then you're, then you're kind of in trouble. But right. Well, and sometimes the kids know more than you do. We uh, right. saying at school always, if you can't work the iPads, just go down to the kindergarten and one of them will show you. <laughs> So there is that. But it's it's a different take as the teacher. And your own organizational style, aside from your use of technology, plays into it as well. 
I like, you know, to know where everything is. I am not a last minute person. So mm. I like to be able to find everything. And with technology, no matter how hard you plan, you've got to plan that that might not be the case. Yes. So backups and that kind of thing. But yeah, when we started talking this morning about parents, you know, having the link and going, hoping to find the uh, website links for the downloads and for one thing, it's not as readily available anymore. Um, so you need to have your own source for all of them. Yes, yes. I thank you again for bringing that up. And I do have to say, uh, <laughs> that's one of the things that I love about you. And one of the assets to myself as a team person from Full Voice, uh, your organizational skills are amazing. And as a um, as a student, when we first got started, that was one of the things I noticed about you. Like you had every single, like Heidi would go to musicnotes.com, buy the music, and then she would uh, have the score put in her binder properly and you'd have a backing track. And if it wasn't in your key, you knew you knew how to get it transposed. Um, and like that was such a joy. That was one of the reasons why I was like, you immediately became one of my favorite students because you took responsibility for your materials. Now, if you're working with children, obviously the parents have to get involved in that. And that's where things can get really frustrating, right? right? So, well, and parents have busy lives too, and they're, you know, have varying degrees of technological savvy. So again, it's important that you find a way that will work for everyone, and I find with technology a lot, there are a lot of people who are just overwhelmed by it. Oh, sure. Um, you know that I belong to a choir for which I've done a lot of work, <laughs> mm -hmm. and we've uploaded, you know, I've created files so people can listen and learn their part, but the fact of the matter is, if they're overwhelmed by the technology, it doesn't matter what you do, they aren't going to use it. So we tried to have sessions to allow people to learn how to use the technology, some people are going to take to it, some people aren't. But mm -hmm. the more that you can help people, the more that you can make it a painless process. Because that's mm -hmm. what this world is really about anymore. People are always going to do the thing that's painless. Even with things mm -hmm. like recycling, right? I'll happily recycle, but if I have to walk 12 feet to put it over there instead of in the pail right beside my desk and I'm in the middle of doing something, less likely to happen. So my goal is always make it easy make it smooth, make it convenient, and it's far more likely to get used and cause everybody less stress. Well, and what I think too with the pandemic, the, the biggest thing is that so many people were forced, kicking and screaming, <laughs> to adapt to technologies, right? But you had no choice or you couldn't be teaching. And it was interesting to see, you know, of course, you know, it was such a quick transition, right? We were literally, I remember saying to everybody in my studio, oh, you know, I kind of haphazardly was like, if anything goes, you know, if things get bad, I mean, you know, if something happens, you know, we'll do an online lesson. And I had only done a handful of online lessons before, but they, and they were okay, but I, I really wasn't, there wasn't a lot of clout behind that statement. And then, of course, the next week, it's like, oh, my goodness, we're online. Well, and look at how the technology has developed just through the course oh, of the right? pandemic, right? Yeah. Um, the same thing happened in the schools. And in schools, you're bound by what your board decides to do. Mm. So are they using 
Skype? Are they using Google Classroom? Are they using Zoom? Right. All of that. Um, my particular board went with Google Classroom and all of the things that went with it, Google Meet, Google mm. Drive, Google. So it's all associated. We happily got some training on that. But mm-hmm. typical of me, it's, well, I wonder if I can make it do this. And right. so I'm one of those people that actually enjoys the time going, hmm, how can I make this happen? And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But that central area and still things tend to develop as you go. I love that. Yeah, I... Uh um, cause I was using, I mean, for the longest time I was using Skype and then it was like, oh, Zoom's a thing. And then everybody was complaining about Zoom and then it was like, well, Zoom's fixed a few things. And then, you know, and now there's a whole bunch of new platforms, right? There's Musicology and there's, uh, the low latency. I mean, it really was, it really was our technology changed so quickly through that. And, and part of me is like, I guess this is evil Nikki, Nikki speaking, but part of me is like good. It forced a lot of us out of our comfort zones. Like it changed the way I taught. It, it and, and being online allowed me to see where I had been overcompensating for my students. I'd been playing too much piano for them and I was not giving them opportunities to really do certain things. So, I mean, good and bad, but I think I, I've taken away a lot of positives. Now, one of the challenges that is always an issue is the sharing of files. Well, or should we start there? Or do you want to start with just organizing said files? Well, they kind of go hand in hand. And it's interesting as you were talking about the different platforms and how they fix things along the way. I think the the sharing of, well, let's just call them materials or resources. Sure. Is one of the pieces that's coming up on the back end first it was you know let's all be able to talk to each other (laughs) see each other right everybody would still like to be able to you play the piano in nova scotia and i'll sing in ontario (laughs) uh haven't got that one perfected just yet but uh, it's getting closer so i think they go hand in hand and depending on your comfort level and your student's comfort level And as I said earlier, nothing wrong with having two, sometimes even three different ways to access things. Mm -hmm. You know, when we had our lessons, some things were on YouTube for me. Some things were in my own files. Some things I would send you ahead of time in an email just to say, okay, in case this doesn't work out, Mm. you've got it on your end. So at least you know what I'm after or what I'm trying to listen to. Doesn't work when I'm trying to sing it, but Mm -hmm. at least we've got a bit of a... A backup. So I think as far as the website and the teachers using the resources from your website go, yeah, they need to know what their students are going to be working on practicing singing. And if they want backing tracks, I mean, they're all there for download. If I were the private teacher, I'd be downloading whatever tracks I needed for what my students were working on and have them all in one nice, neat, tidy file, probably alphabetized or in folders by students or so you know, organized. I know, I know. <laughs> Some helpful way of doing that so that as I was going through my lessons, okay, it's Nikki's lesson. Click on the Nikki folder. These are the songs she's working on. If I need to, I can email them. I can put them in a Dropbox file, a Google mm. Drive. Uh, we were talking, I think my music staff has a way yep, to share it things. Does. Sure. The musicology, I believe, has a way to share things. Mm-hmm. 
I think the important thing to remember as a teacher is there's some front end loading to be done and you have to take some time yeah. to sit down, decide what's going to work for you, familiarize yourself, give it a whirl and understand that when you get into it, maybe it's going to be, oh, well, this doesn't work. I need to mm -hmm. try a different way. Yeah. Well, I mean, just as a team, like the full voice team, I mean, we went through a couple of platforms yes. for sharing information and for working together. And and the first few did not work out at all. We we were using uh, Dropbox paper for a while. I know you can't see Heidi's face, but it's very pained right now. And poor Donna Rodenizer was like helping, like was doing some stuff. That was when we first started working with Donna. Now this was before the pandemic and this was before we were remote. So at least you could get together with me and tell me how much you hated paper. <laughs> <laughs> but we started and then we were using Google Docs and we started using Jamboard, mm -hmm. right? And Jamboard became a really good way because we could like, upload images and then put stickies and comments and stuff. But we also use PDFs where I'll send you a PDF and then you and Mim will edit through and, and leave me notes. And then I go over the PDF and make the changes. Right. A lot of back and forth. A lot of back and forth. But one of the best assets for our team has been Notion. A hundred percent. Okay. So if, if you are working with a team or if you are sharing enormous amounts of files and if you like Heidi Heaver love databases, <laughs> also one of your superpowers, um, Notion.so. Now, what's cool about Notion is you can use it for free. It's got limitations, of course. But if you want a, a really cool online platform for keeping track of things, making lists, organizing things, they've got student templates, they've got business templates, lots of free templates. Um, but one of the reasons that we needed something like Notion. Now we pay for the professional version, and in as a team, it's not a it's not a cheap like we basically have unlimited storage, and that includes all of our images, all of the scores, all of our music, like the MP3s, like everything. Our catalog is stored on there, and what's nice is we can message each other on there and go, Do you "Look at this file," or "I did this," but that, but even. In using Notion, how many months would you say it took us to kind of get the hang of it? Oh, at least a couple. And we're it can still. be, we are, we're still, sometimes I think I just need to let Nikki know something and it's like, is it a comment? Is it a what? And I admit, I will occasionally resort to just texting you because I know how that's working. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> um, sure. And you have to, anything new is going to be like that. There are always yeah. growing pains when you, you switch. Mm -hmm. But it's relatively intuitive, even if you're just using it at its very basic level. Like so many things, there it's powerful. And there's so many things it can do that we haven't even begun to oh, explore. Sure. Yeah. But I never take the approach of, tell me everything this program can do and <laughs> let me pick it out. I start with, what do I need this program to do mm -hmm. and can it do it? And we've even found one or two things along the way that we wish it did. Um, syncing to our calendars, our personal yeah, calendars yeah. is one that I believe is coming. But... You find things along the way. Sure. And that's going to be true, I think, of anything people choose, mm -hmm. which is why I say for some of your private teachers, I think just the simple download what I need into a file on my own hard mm -hmm. drive or on my own cloud drive yeah. and share it in a simple way with my students. And as you get going, 
you get more comfortable, you find out what the needs are. Sometimes you find out things that you don't need that you thought you would, and you can modify from there. But you've got to just start. Think about how I always relate it to something non-computer. Even with the kids, I would say, this file is, you know how you have your your writing notebooks and we put all of your writing yeah, stuff in there? True. So the computer is your desk. The writing notebook is this folder. All of those documents are your different pieces of writing. And by the way, calling it untitled is not helpful <laughs> when you're trying to find it later. And the okay, same... Okay, how many times have you had to have that conversation? <laughs> More than I would... And here's the thing. I've had to have that conversation with some adults, too. <laughs> you know, there's 4,000 files in here. When did you work on it last? Oh. Oh, my goodness. Okay, here's an idea. We start... But just with the little ones, when you start... Put your name on your work. <laughs> and eventually you find, again, what works, a system, whatever for you. But You know, it was funny uh, when we first started using Notion. So one of the things uh, when we were back in Hamilton and we had the full voice office at the church. So my office and then Sean's office was beside. So when it came to podcast files, my husband would saunter over, mostly because the snacks were in my office. And he would help himself to a snack. And I'd be like, you know, you can keep snacks in your office. He's like, no, no. But then he would leave like a little key drive in my on my desk or he would like plug it into my computer and go, yeah, your track's there. But my husband has a fabulous sense of humor and would never label the files anything that you could remember like after a day. It'd be like this one here or edit to for you, right? Like, and and there was a couple of times where, you know, it was like, where's that file? Oh, it's it's there. I'm like, yeah, but what did you call it? And I'm typing in the name of the song or the name of, or the, the, the number of the podcast. Anyhow, so that was one of the systems that we had to come up with because we learned very quickly as a team, Mim would label her material one way. You, you know, Sean labels his. And Sean had challenges because he went back, you know, when we were when we were starting to catalog everything. And and for anybody that's working with a, like a multi-teacher studio, it's amazing how quickly things go from like just a couple of files to like file overload, right? And that was one of the challenges that Sean had. All of a sudden, he went back to try and find, you know, podcast 90, which was five years ago. Or, yeah, right? And then he's like, I, I can't find it. I don't know where that session is. Same thing with a couple of the tracks. Like, uh, I can't, I think it was like, maybe it was a cactus song or I Love Camping or one of them. And he's like, I can't find the session where I played all the cool little things. And I'm like, because it's probably labeled this one take two. He's like, probably. So that, that coming up with a system for identifying. So now we have rules, right? So it's like the title of the project and the date um, and then other things depending on what it is. And that has helped a lot. But again, it's, it's, it, that happened because we lost. Well, yeah, files. we were forced and it grows with you. I think about when I started teaching again, technology aside, I had a filing cabinet and one file called language and one file called math and social studies. Wow. And, all of a sudden, you know, social studies now has, 
indigenous studies and European explorers and government and okay, so and then, you know, you eventually as each thing grows and you gather more, it's not hard copy on paper anymore. But guess what? Exactly the same thing happens with computer files. I'm one of those people that does not enjoy looking at my computer desktop with a hundred icons on it. <laughs> that makes my skin crawl just sitting here talking about it. Okay, then things. do not look at my computer. I have looked at your computer and I'm well aware. <laughs> okay, well, in all fairness, what's on my desktop now are the emergency projects that I'm working on, right? So right now it's like the convention is coming up. So <laughs> Well, and that is the other side of it. Neither do you want to have to dig down 12 levels to, yeah, to get exactly. to what you need. So again, it's a constantly evolving mm-hmm. process. I've been known to have all my files organized but make copies in the you know, this week's lessons or... Oh, that's a good... Yeah. You know, sometimes having things in two places, not necessarily things that you might be editing, Mm -hmm. but backing tracks would be the perfect example. Yeah, that... You brought up a good point because I used to do that with the... When I was teaching online, I had my private students, but I also had my small group class. And the small group class was working on songs. Now, this was one of the big challenges because... um, I had tracks that I could play on my end, but I also had to have the kids had to have tracks on their side. So part of the challenge, and 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 you know, some parents were a little reluctant at first, but it was like they need two devices. You need a device to stream and the Zoom call or the musicology call or whatever. And then you also need a device to play. And I insisted that they download the the track onto the phone because if you've got a phone that's streaming and then zoom is streaming now in if you've got decent internet you know thankfully here in Hempford Forest we have really good internet so my son can watch the Blue Jays while I teach zoom lessons right which wouldn't be problem if we couldn't well and let's not forget decent internet and a small enough family that you don't have eight people on eight right. devices all streaming different things. And you know that that's true because when when my student Brianna like she has to like every time she starts her lesson she always has to call into the living room where her older sister is on her phone streaming YouTube, right? And she's like, "I'm starting my lesson, you have to get off the internet." So, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to consider in that for sure. Yeah. Um with the uh, with the the like in your classroom, so you were using Google Classroom, right? Yeah, and so sometimes you have to share things like to the whole class, but then sometimes in Google Classroom you can also assign individual things to an individual. Google right? Classrooms come a long way, and it it really is nice because we went through the I shared this with everybody, and now. Johnny starts typing and Muhammad's, uh, you know, document is changing. It's like, he's changing my document. Oh, my wait, gosh. wait, wait. So they now make it pretty clear and pretty easy, you know, okay. share a copy for each student. Mm. Okay, good. You know, That's so now we're not writing on each that. other. And believe, well, you know, these gray hairs you see? Yeah. <laughs> That's how some of them came. But, you know, even before Google Classroom, I was trying things like Dropbox. Okay, everybody access it. And it's handy when kids are away. Um, they can, 
at least get it. Some of them do, some of them don't, whatever. Some parents want it, some parents don't. We went through a stage with Twitter where every night I would tweet out what the homework assignment was that night. Really? Not necessarily because I wanted parents to know, but because I had parents who would say, well, I didn't know this was due tomorrow. It's, well, they were supposed to write it in their organizer. And I mm. do feel strongly, especially at grades five and six, that the kids need to be responsible for Absolutely. knowing what it is. But as a backup mom and dad or kid, if you've forgotten your organizer at home or whatever the case may be, heaven forbid we should actually phone a friend and ask, mm -hmm. uh, hey, there it is on Twitter. Wow. I mean, there are just so many ways, and I don't know half of them. I mean, I've been retired now for four years. I go back and supply teach, so I keep my fingers kind of in the, sure. the pie. But there are so many ways to communicate. But I do think we also need to be careful, uh, keep a fine line between communication and just taking all responsibility away from. Oh, yes. Good point. Um, yeah. yeah. What can I say? That's the teacher in me. Again, back <laughs> yeah. to the private studio. Yeah. You, the kids, especially the little ones, need help. And yes, if you can have two devices, that's awesome. Not all of us are in that Position We learned that with the pandemic where we have, you know, families with three kids all trying to share one device and mom and dad are trying to do their work from home as well. Sure. Uh, unfortunately, we've become a society of haves and have nots. Mm -hmm. But you're absolutely right. Where possible, it's so much better. And as you and I discovered, you know, one device for our Zoom call, one device to play the, the music. And furthermore, if you can have an external speaker, yeah. wow, did that make life better? Yep. But, yeah. you know, back to the whole website, which is where we started, mm -hmm. having sort of your own central thing, trying to send parents and kids to the website now to find this back and track or do whatever, isn't as helpful. You know what you want them to have. You know which version they need, which, you know, whatever the case may be. Do you want the straight up piano? Do you want the, mm -hmm. some of them have the band tracks, which yeah. are, are mm -hmm. more fun. Do you want the one with the melody guide or do you not? From my standpoint, I would do all of that, have them there and then just send the kid the one that they need or have a shared folder where they can access it. My heavens, we are, we're all doing that with pictures. Did I not just share pictures with you today you in a shared yeah. folder? And then we're not emailing back and forth and the file's too big and the yeah. internet's too slow or it got lost in my spam or whatever. Yeah. Now it's just, there it is, go get it. If you can't find it, guess what? In a two clicks, I can share it with you again. I can talk you through where to find it. It's it's that front end loading organizing yeah. work, and it's it, I, I'm I'm really glad that we're talking today because I think sometimes private teachers don't realize that this is not a struggle that is unique to to uh, the private studio like classroom teachers businesses I mean like it took us like probably a good year from trying paper working on different projects, trying different platforms, getting the systems in place. It took our team a year. And f and even when we did find Notion, again, it took it, like we're still putting in procedures. We're still streamlining it. We're still using it, probably not in the most efficient way in certain cases, right? It's a, it's a forever thing. And I think, um, I think one of the things that, uh, I love that you said is is the shared folder that like shared folders. If you have a Google 
address, and this is something that our website genius, Robin Heaver, who, yes, is related to Heidi. That's how I met him. And we love Robin Heaver. Um, uh, Robin Heaver probably doesn't love me because I asked him to do really big things with the website. So every once in a while, I feel a disturbance in the force. It's probably him <laughs> cursing me out. Um, but uh, one of the things that Robin helped me with is the Google workspace. So we create, so if anybody that has a Gmail account has a Google workspace and within that is all the G suite things. So the shared folders and, and the, the drive and stuff. And if you, you could use that even in its free version, you get like basic things and you could, you know, share the, the drive stuff. And, and a lot of my students are using that. Um, and when Noah was online, he was using Jamboard in, in his classes and he was using a lot of the G suite stuff too. So it's interesting it's interesting because, again, like you said, the kids probably know more than we do. It's often the parents <laughs> that, that again, they might use something completely different in their businesses. Or um, the, the big challenge that I have had with parents is that, and I respect this, they don't want their child to have an email, or if they do, it's not, they don't want to give it out. And I respect that, but I do hold them responsible. And I do have a very serious conversation where you are responsible for getting these tracks onto their device. So what, what devices are they using? And, um, like, do you know how to get an MP3 file onto, like, the music onto their iPad? Do you right. know how to do that? Well, and there may be things I remember long ago. Noah had a uh, Messenger for Kids account. Yeah. Because I was honored to have been one of his oh. friends. <laughs> but as I recall, it meant you could monitor what was going on. I, I mean, I'm not, I don't work in the tech world, mm -hmm. but I have to believe if it doesn't already exist somewhere, it's coming for exactly that reason. Sure. So much information is being passed around. Kids mm -hmm. need to have access. But parents obviously want to you know, have an eye on what's going on. Sure. So perhaps there's something like Gmail for kids or where you can monitor. Yeah. Uh, or perhaps it already exists. I don't know. But Well, that's actually interesting. You know, that might be some a consideration. Like if, if a parent has allowed them to have Messenger for kids... You know, maybe that is how a teacher could communicate. I mean, like like you said, there's just so many different ways. The one thing I would like to say to the private teachers out there is that what you said about like the front end, right? It's it's going to take you some time, and the amount of time that it that it takes to be organized, like Heidi is, is not in the five minutes before your Zoom lessons start. So if you're the type of person that blows in and has got 10 minutes before things, I remember trying to find an RCM track five minutes before a lesson and almost Hulk smashed my desk and almost threw my computer out a window. It was so frustrating. And I mean, it just, it just wasn't where I thought it would be, right? So I think that little bit of 
prep time and setting up your studio and setting up the devices that you want and organizing it. And then, um, well, and I don't want people to feel overwhelmed. It's not like you have to spend an hour before everybody's lesson. If you get spend an hour, two hours at the beginning of your season, Mm -hmm. making sure you know what's going on, have a system, what you think will work, communicate with parents, how you want to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Know that there are going to be growing pains and emails and things to work out so that you were not trying to do this. I'm never a big fan of let's try something new in a time crunch. (laughs) You know, let's all decide to try a new way the week before the recital. Rarely a good idea. Rarely a good idea. <laughs> so that's where the big front end loading is. And then, yes, lots of people, lots of classroom teachers are able to blow in five minutes before class. I can do it if I have to, but I don't feel good about it because that's the day the photocopier is broken. Right. And now instead yeah. of having or, you know, the Internet goes down and all of a sudden my whole lesson has gone out the window. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I prefer at least 10 or 15 minutes to sort of get my head around, okay, yeah. what's going to go on. But that's my personality. It's not everybody's. God bless the people who can do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm not one of them. And... I have noticed over the years in a crunch, it it doesn't seem to be the tried and true method. And as I say, I've had adults, when we first started doing report cards online, Mm. it was, you know, save early, save often, like remember to do this. And inevitably people wouldn't do it. And then I'd get the, because of course I was the IT go-to in the school. Oh, wow. Heidi, uh, yeah, I lost all my report cards. Oh my God. It's like, uh, did you back them up on a disc? No. Yeah, you're starting again. Oh, man. Now, again, that has progressed. There's backups for that. It's less of a problem anymore because nothing really beats that feeling of, oh, my gosh, the last four hours of my life have just been erased and I have to start over. Right. Oh, my gosh. That just makes... So... That just made my stomach hurt a little bit. (laughs) A little organization goes a long way. That was my motto in the classroom as well, you know. Uh, organization is the key to happiness. Well, and it, it goes even beyond, um, it goes beyond just digital stuff too, because when the pandemic started, you know, I was like, okay, well, no problem. I have like the PDFs of all the music. So, you know, I would email them out. No one printed them up. No one printed them up. And the one person that did is like, oh, my ink is almost out. And it'd be all this. Or or it'd be like, oh, my dad's printing it up right now. And it's like, oh, my goodness. And then I had one family who's like, well, we don't think printers are environmentally friendly, so we don't have one. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, thanks for that. Well, and I'm all for it. Have your opinions, you know, don't, but have an alternative then. Right. Some people, I'm amazed at the number of musicians I see now that go to a gig and uh, read the music from an iPad. Mm. I would die if I had to do that. And I'm a horrible page turner. Uh, Uh. There's a story I won't share, but there's somebody out there who might listen to this who will remember it. Um, (laughs) Like just 
don't like it, but the thoughts of having to read an iPad and try to swipe and hope that I win the right one, not my idea of fun. But at least, I mean, if that works for them, great. Doesn't and work for what me. What happens if that iPad dies? Right. That's happened. I've had people have like had an accompanist show up and it's like the iPad's not working and it's like, yeah. oh my God, I would die. Yeah, or I didn't download it. I'm streaming it. And gee, the internet in this church is the pits. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, well, one of the things that I ended up having to do, um, and this actually had a lot to do with, uh, like, the the materials fee that I charged. I started charging because what I re- realized, and this is, again, before the pandemic, but I continued with this through the pandemic, is I finally said, you know, I'd make so many copies, you know, whether it's you know, from Sight Singing Superhero or vocal warm-ups or, you know, even like the the music that, you know, the 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 you know Donna songs or whatever. And I would make so many copies. And, you know, you have two options. You either factor in a fee and you include it in your fees. And, you know, that's your fee, but knowing that you will be paid also, you're Mm -hmm. covering your costs or like what a lot of teachers will do now is charge a materials fee. So I charged a $50 materials fee and I want to tell people, I was like, oh my gosh, but I did the math because that included a workbook that included for uh, at least a handful of printouts. That also included for my little ones, the little practice planner journals, which the kids loved. And what the parents appreciated is that they didn't have to do anything. Right. Well, and remember, it also included copies when it was we were lucky enough to perform with a band. Oh, my gosh. Now yes. we needed lead sheets for the band, one yeah, for each member. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that. And, and friends, I was buying legal copies of music. So, you know, I would buy the piano score for Mim, but I would also buy the lead sheet for the rhythm section. And that stuff adds up, right? And, and so I... But I remember... I remember thinking, mm, 50 is such a lot, but I did the numbers. I crunched them over and over again. I said, yeah, within a year, it's at least that much. Um, and then I learned that some of my other colleagues were charging up to $100. And that was in, so they would get like a workbook or, or in certain songbooks. So they were actually purchasing songbooks. And I'm like, okay, well, I have an issue with big songbooks because, you know, you're not going to sing all of those songs. Spend $30 and sing one song. Right? So I've, I would prefer to do, like, here's the song, I, you know, that I purchased for you. And with sh- Music Notes or Sheet Music Plus or full voice downloads, like, if you're, you know, if you're charging a... a um, a materials fee, you know, you that's now in your budget to increase your digital library of those one-off songs. And what I loved about that is that I didn't have to harass parents, right? Because most of them wouldn't find the time and then it'd be weeks and weeks and it'd be like, oh, did you get that music? Oh, did you get that book? Even when I taught in Long and McQuaid and there was a music store downstairs, I'd still get parents that were blowing in to drop off one kid and taking the other kids somewhere right. else. Oh, yeah. Parents are busy. And doesn't that bring us back to what I said earlier? Make it easy. People mm-hmm. are going to do what's easy mm-hmm. and simple for them. And just as we're on that subject, I... Um, 
I remember composing sort of the policy with you. If you're going to charge a materials fee, I think that's great. I really like the fact that you laid out for parents, this is what this materials fee is covering, right. not just by the way, I have to do stuff, and so give me this money. Uh, you know, <laughs> give me this little. You bonus. laid it out, so it was clear to them. Oh, right. Didn't think about the. Oh, right. The band needs to actually have music to read. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Good idea. So well, and the other thing too, and, and for anybody out there that's thinking, you know, as this year for a lot of North American teachers is wrapping up, and maybe you know you have you're offering camps or classes, right? The my fees for the class, again, I calculated. Like the cost of their books, the cost of a couple of sheet music that would be included in their folder, like all their materials, right? And um, and and I think that you know, again, just being the kids being able to come to the class. This is before the pandemic, and just start working and not have to worry. And now you will have to have backups for the kids that don't bring their books back. And that's how I learned not to send them home with their materials. I learned that lesson too in the classroom. (laughs) Should I take this home? No. (laughs) I want you to work on it tomorrow. Right. But um, so, yeah, so a materials fee is really handy and, again, um, can really alleviate a lot of the back and forth and make things simpler for um, for the parents. Um, I do I do want to uh, – I, I wanted to ask you, um, you, you've obviously – you know, there's always that family that's just really hard – you know, they never get the message or they don't communicate well, or there's always a, we didn't get this information stuff. How did you manage that? After I pulled my hair out. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? It took me a long time to learn this. I don't want to call it natural consequences, but I cannot be responsible for everyone. So... I learned this with my choir. I have done all of these things to make your life as simple as I possibly can. I am happy for you to tell me something further that would make your life easier. And if Mm. I can do it, I will. But at some point, you taught me the phrase, I'm tired of setting myself on fire (laughs) to keep other people warm. It's a good phrase. It is a good phrase. And there's something to be said for it. I'm always open. How can I help you? How can I make this easier for you? But unfortunately, for some people, the answer is, I'm just do it. Like, I, I, you can't make it easier for me because I'm never going to do it, which mm. tells me their interest is, you know, yeah, questionable. Now, in a private setting, you have a few more options. In a classroom setting, you know, I can't right. say to the kid, well, then I'm sorry, I don't think this is worth your time or mine. <laughs> uh, it might not be, but you, you still got that kid in the classroom. So you have backups. And I'm, sometimes there are financial aspects. Mm, sure. And you need to handle that delicately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I think we're most of us in a position to perhaps make some concessions, hey, you know, mm-hmm. have an extra workbook around or, you know, lots of things yeah. that can be done to help with the the cost of things. I think one of the things that I noticed too is if if um, you've got a split family, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So 
there was one family that like materials just never went back and forth, right? It was always a struggle. And then if it ended up in one place the next week, it would never get back to the other right. place. And for that student, not, I, I basically doubled things, right? And it's like, hey, just, you know, and the other thing is that I did communicate with the other parent and I would send the files and it's like, look here, you know, if this is easier for you, here's the music that we're doing. If you want to print them up and have something at your house when she's having her lesson or right. or whatever. Well, but, which is the beauty of the digital, right? right? It doesn't have to go back and forth. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I've told you I had a, a set of, uh, were they twins? Whose parents split, but the one parent bought the house next door to the other. Oh, wow. But they still tried the, well, I don't have my homework because I left it at my dad's. So I said, <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. Go next door, knock on dad's house, and get it. Like, I'm not buying that. But when it's, it's digital, you know, there isn't that problem anymore. They will always come up. Like, let's face it. It's the same thing. If people want to break into your car, they're going to. If the kids really don't want to have their work at school, they're not. Some of them right. are not that organized, and you try to give them the skills. But right. in the end, you're not doing them any favors by doing it for them. So here's what I have to offer. If there's something else I can offer to help you, great. And after that, life has consequences. Yeah. And if yeah. you're standing there at the recital with no accompaniment, oh my goodness. I'm not the one that's going to look like the idiot. <sighs> yeah. So, yeah. Now, you would think that that's not going to happen. And generally, people accompanying you are uh, in a position to be able to make do. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I, um, I really appreciate the insight, especially in the classroom, because, you know, dealing with students one-on-one, you know, you, you get kind of wrapped in. But when you've got a whole classroom, how many kids would you have in a... In a- it's funny, you know, I was looking through all my class pictures of, from over my 30 years of teaching. It was interesting how the class sizes got smaller and smaller happily. Really? Further. Yeah. Now, I taught junior, so there's... Um, in Ontario, there's no class cap on it. But oh. when I started, you could have 33, 34, Whoa. 35. Occasionally, somebody got the nightmare class with 38 in it. Oh, my gosh. Um, now they sit, if you've got 26 or 27, that's a big class. Yeah. But that's still a lot of kids to keep organized. Oh, for sure. And I mean, you always seem to have that one dream child who thinks it's really fun. You know, Miss Heaver, uh, do you need me to organize the cabinet or anything? Yes, yes, I do. <gasps> oh, wow. That would I be would, awesome. Would like and then there's those. always that kid whose desk, you remember, pig pen from Peanuts, <laughs> you know. Yes. And again, I, I learned, if you want to keep your desk a mess, that is entirely up to you. Mm-hmm. When I start a lesson and say, I need you to take out the reading sheet on the Incas, you better be able to find it within one minute. Right. And if you can't, then your system isn't working. Right. And I'm not holding up the entire class. And I think the same has to be true for individual teachers. And again, we're um, we're talking not necessarily in person anymore, but the, the person who's here to learn is the student. So, right. you know, I'll help you. Age is a factor. Sure. But in the end, it's your time and your resources that you're wasting if you don't have what we need to carry on and learn something. Mm-hmm. I... This brings up a, a good topic, and it's something that we're, we're probably going to do a, a podcast on uh, down the road, which is executive functioning skills, right? Like, oh, yes, like absolutely. we we forget that, and and this isn't just a 
you know, a, a child thing, right? Because I have plenty of adults. Like, like Heidi, you were a dream student, right? Because you have organized executive functioning skills. You know what tasks, you know what tools work for you. You showed up prepared. There's two sides to that coin, too. I mean, speaking from a personal standpoint, being organized and all of that is partly driven out of the fear of, you know, things not going the way I want them to. And I think as a result, I'm less of a risk taker. Some of those less organized people, I think, are better risk takers because oh. they spend their lives having to wing it. <laughs> and I can wing it if I need to. I just don't really enjoy it. Yeah. And I feel compelled as I'm reflecting on everything I've been saying about the classroom to say that I'm really not as much of a witch as I'm making myself out <laughs> to be. And that, yes, children did often worry about the fact that they were going to be in my class, but a about by November, I would have parents saying to me, you know, Susan was really kind of worried that she was going to be in your class this year, but now she really likes you. You're really funny. I thought, oh, but it's interesting, right? Noah Noah went through that too, my son. I mean, he was like, oh, I heard this teacher was really strict. And I'm like, yeah, good, because like it's been a party so far for you, and I really would like to see you get down to some business. Well, and learning style. I mean, right. different, different. Yeah. Teachers work but, for different kids. Different styles work for different kids. I think, though, when in as a as a teacher role, as a mentor role, whether you're in the classroom or you're a private teacher, your ability to demonstrate organization is so important, well, right? Yeah, if lead I, by example. If I come to the lesson and I can't find that track, and I'm like, oh, sorry, guys, like. Even in person, that was the one thing. And I know I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but when I started teaching group classes, Heidi had to come in and save me because I had like, what, seven? And I was like, it's so hard to keep them all focused. And I don't know. And you're like laughing as I'm in the fetal position in the corner of the studio. But that one of the things I learned, like from the first group classes, you have to have all of your activities and all of your materials ready. So what we need to do is take that in a digital form right. and have it. And I used to have on my on my desktop, like group class, all the files needed, all the screen sharing things I was doing, all the tracks. And yes, there'd be, uh, I knew that Ruby would have his, her mom's iPhone and I knew Ruby's mom's iPhone, like address. Right. I'm like, Ruby, I'm going to send your mom an email right now. You've got her phone. It's going to come in. It has your track. And she'll be like, okay. Like, and it worked, right? Mm -hmm. it, it worked. I'm like, you know, and, and then there was the day that she had her dad's iPhone. Oh, I'm no. like, what are you doing to me, Ruby? Like, come on. I don't know your dad's address. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, downtime is kind of the fool around time. And that's Ooh. that's the key, especially with the, the younger ones. The minute they're not actively engaged in something, there are some who will sit preciously, God bless them, and just wait <laughs> patiently for you. Those children exist? <laughs> they do. What? They do. But there are more who, like the rest of us as adults, mm. are, you know, I'm going to check something else out while I'm waiting for you to get organized. And that's when the, the trouble begins. I mean, that's, could we not do a whole thing on classroom or studio behavior management? Absolutely. Yeah. And executive function skills are part of that. And you do have to be aware that, especially as someone who's very organized, 
what is second nature to me is not second nature to a lot. And, you know, it's easier for me to sit still and pay attention than it is for others. So that's one of the things that makes one of the many things that makes you so wonderful is your willingness to understand what kids need and how they're different and give them different things. And what's going to keep one kid interested isn't what's going to work for another. And you've got them moving and you've got them singing and you've got them listening and you're moving it about and, and changing it up so that they're not sitting there doing the, mm-hmm. the fidget. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that. I do appreciate it. And I also appreciate that you did rescue me when I first started <laughs> my group class. Um, that was one of the challenges. Like as a private teacher for many decades, going from that into, and we're talking like small groups, right? Like it doesn't take a lot more people and you cannot just hyper-focus on that one person. And the big challenge for me was, um, you know, this kid wants to do this, but this kid is better with these types of activities and trying to keep everybody like, okay, we'll get to your turn next. Right. And even different individual students. I mean, you've had some really interesting challenges. I think you had a child that was blind. Mm -hmm. You've had some students with some attention Mm -hmm. uh, things going on, you know, and you've always managed to cater the lessons as best you could for what those kids needed. And that's awesome. I mean, yeah. that's the best thing you can can do for your students is try to figure out what their needs are as much as, and your own needs count. I always yeah, said that, you absolutely. know, my needs matter. I never had the orange and, and yellow classroom because it made me hyper. Oh, my classroom was always green and blue <gasps> nice. because it made me calm. <laughs> and go. a calm Miss Heber is a much happier classroom. <laughs> I love that. (laughs) I love that. Well, I want to thank you. uh, And I just want to recap. So uh, Google Classroom, great platform. Um, My music staff also has ways to share files and and to communicate. Um, Musicology, although I don't have a lot of experience. I know Mim has been using Mm -hmm. it. And and have you had a lesson? Yes, we've had all our lessons uh, on on musicology. musicology. So far, so good. Wonderful. I'll have to shout out to Rebecca because she's the creator behind that. Um, And uh, the other one that we mentioned in the show was Notion, notion notion.so. If you are uh, uh, looking for or some organizational platforms, I highly recommend that. Um, big co- corporations like Pixar and and uh, like file file sharing and nightmare corporations like Full Voice like to use that. <laughs> um, and. Uh, I really want to thank you for your tips, like just finding the system that works for you and then taking the time to really find strategies that work. But and then also finding the time to show your families how you're going to use them. So I, I hope that this uh, I hope this was helpful. And um, I will have you back to Nova Scotia. But also on the podcast, uh, because Heidi, you've had, how many years did you teach in elementary? 31, I think. 31. That is amazing. And uh, if you you had one last thing to say to somebody who is just getting started in teaching, what would you tell them? Hang in there. (laughs) Um. You need to set parameters first. You can back off and 
you know, be the fun person later. Mm. And we all have days where we think, yeah, I wasn't cut out for this and I'm quitting. <laughs> but they come and they go. And, you know, if you can find a support group around you, I come yes. from a family full of teachers. So I had that. I have you, you have me. But yeah, everybody has bad days. They, they go away. Nice, nice. Well, Heidi, thank you so much. Um, and uh, our friends, uh, our friends can't see this, but uh, we have a little puppy sitting on a pillow at our feet. And uh, I'll, I'm, I'm going to put a picture on the uh, podcast page. This is our silent guest. Um, this is Minnie, our new dashing puppy who uh, loves Heidi probably more than she loves me. She's pretty excited to meet Heidi and now has got a new best friend. So I want to shout out to our dog, Minnie, who was very quiet. Thank you, Minnie. She's pretty cute, eh? She's cute. <laughs> Especially when she's sleeping. <laughs> Especially when she's sleeping. All right, Heidi, thank you so much. My and, pleasure. And we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. <laughs> A very special thank you to my dearest friend, Heidi Heaver. Without Heidi, I do not know what I would do. Her organizational skills are epic because she keeps me organized, and that says a lot. Friends, that is a wrap. We are wrapping up season six. And we're taking a bit of a break. And by break, I mean we're not going to be releasing any new podcasts until Season 7 starts in September 2022. Now, I'm excited to be talking to a lot of great people at the convention. I'm going to bring those conversations, new topics, new strategies, and a whole bunch of great conversations back. And I can't wait to release those in the fall. If you haven't, I want you to check out our new website, fullvoicemusic.com. We specialize in creating resources for young singers, and we work with composers from around the world as well as music education specialists to bring you kid and teacher-tested resources and music that children love to sing. So important to us. Uh, if you haven't checked out our website, please do so. And another friendly reminder, be sure to follow at Songs and Studies for Kids on Instagram. You could win a copy of our new songbook. I am wishing you an incredible season, wonderful sunny days, and as always, 